It's, uh, it's great to see you guys. Hope you guys are having an amazing weekend. It's hot outside in case you did not notice. Um, uh, if this is your first time here, I just want to welcome you to Fathom, and I hope that you have an incredible experience. Uh, I hope that your, your first time um, is amazing. If this is your last time, I hope it's amazing. Uh, I, I really just pray that you can find a, a place to uh, call home and to not just grow in your faith, but grow in family, because I, I believe those two are interconnected, and that God is uh, moving us forward as we join together and just uh, give him glory for who he is. And so I'm excited. If you've been with us for the past few weeks, we've been on a journey um, really through this new series called My Summer Body, um, kind of this idea that we're like working on our body. I don't know about you, but I've just been working on getting burnt. Uh, so I got nice and burnt yesterday. But uh, So we've been on this journey. We, we've looked at, at things, um, working some muscles that we didn't even know we had with our summer body. Things like we're actually, every single one of us are a theologian. We have uh, a study and a view of God, and so actually how we view God and how we approach Scripture actually matters, and so we kind of um, dove into kind of how, we, how do we look at the Bible, how do we actually read it, where did it come from, just kind of some real tangible things for us. And then uh, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at, at prayer and, and how, we, how Jesus taught us to approach God as Father and, and just to, to come and just acknowledging Him for who He is and how that changes everything, our approach. Um, changes everything. Last week we had uh, just a time to share on legacy and the life of David. Just He left such an incredible legacy uh, to his son Solomon, and it was just uh, an incredible time last week. So we're going to dive in today um, and, and look a, a little bit deeper kind of on this journey. And, and something that I've kind of um, experienced um, in my life is how much I hate traveling. Does anybody else hate traveling? It sounds amazing. Road trips sound great, but then you get on, like, I hate this part. Like, can we get, just get there? Like, are we there yet? I mean, I think we've all had those. Like, it sounds great in theory, but then we get on the road. Um, me and my brother used to make pallets in the car. Anybody familiar with pallets in the back seat? Like, do some really illegal stuff, right? Put the seats down, no seatbelts. Am I the only one? Okay. Sorry if, like, someone comes to arrest my mom. Um, you know, later on about that, but uh, I don't recommend it, but it was the only way you can get through a long car rides. And a couple years ago, I thought I was going to be really smart um, on a, some long travel from Australia because um, I just hate, I hate traveling. So the, the trip over there um, was terrible. Um, I, you know, stayed up most of the time. And that's the thing. So I, I get over there and we're on our way back and it's like 16 hour flight. Just, just the flight from Australia, like Sydney to LAX. So it's like a super long flight. And so I, I thought I had this bright idea like, oh, I'll just stay up the night before and then I'll sleep on the plane. But there's just one small problem with that. It's like, I cannot sleep on planes. And like when I do, when I wake up, I feel like I'm dead. Like anybody know the feeling? You feel like okay, like, this is what it feels like to be dead. Um, and so I, I thought I'd have that bright idea, so I stayed up all night playing cards with guys. I think I might have slept for, like, 30 minutes before we hopped on the plane. And uh, we're cruising, and it's just getting harder and harder, and I'm wanting to sleep, but they keep, like, shoving food in your face, which is, like, the worst thing that could happen, because uh, you're just getting more and more nauseous as the plane ride goes on. And so about 30 minutes out of LAX, we have some really intense turbulence, like the worst turbulence I've ever had in my life. I literally, because it was a trip to and from Australia, I was thinking of loss, like, okay, this is about to happen. It was really like just nuts, like nothing I'd been a part of before. Like this lady passes out.
out, like right over here. It's been a 16-hour flight. She passes out, and she's got like a seven or eight-year-old like, daughter right there, and she's like super chill, like way more chill than I was at the time. I was like, oh my gosh. And all the, like, the, the flight attendants are going crazy, and they're like calling and saying, hey, um, hey we, we got to have an ambulance ready on the road. I'm like, oh my gosh, this lady seriously just died right there from me with this turbulence. And I'm, we're just like, it's getting really intense. Like everybody's like over this trip, like just land the plane right now in the middle of the ocean. We'll be better off than what we feel like right now. Um, and, and so this lady ends up coming to, they put oxygen on her. And then just this whole time, it was so intense. And I have this buddy that's on the trip with me and he has such a like weak stomach. And I'm thinking, He's about to puke. Like, it's so intense. I'm like, he is about to blow chunks. And so 30 seconds later, I see him running, sprinting to the bathroom, and he's puking his, his head out. And I'm just thinking, I called that. Like, how cool I called that he was going to throw up. <laughs> and, um, and then 60 seconds later, I'm grabbing the bag, and I'm throwing up in the bag. So, so much for laughing at him, knowing that I called it. I didn't call my own throw up. Um, so it was just, I hate traveling, and, and, and traveling is so uncomfortable. We love the in journey, we love the end point, but we, we don't like the journey. That's where the whole kids, are we there yet, mom? Are we there yet, dad? Comes from. We like the end, but we don't like the kind of uncomfortable journey there. I mean, there's an entire industry off making traveling more comfortable. They've got those goofy neck pillows, right, that you guys all sport when you go on a plane. They've got whole luggage racks and whole industry that's built off of just comfort and travel because no one likes it. I think this speaks to us spiritually. I think there's some real things that make us uncomfortable in our, on our journey, not just this physical journey, but this spiritual journey, and I think that it's somewhere that um, I, I want us to rest in today and really understand just a passage in, in Philippians chapter 3. And if you were with us in the first week of this series, we did um, kind of like a practical Bible study just right here. It was really fun, and, and I, I said, let's look at the book of Philippians. Somebody pick a chapter, and they pick chapter 3, and we went there, and I'm like, as they pick chapter 3, I'm like, darn, I'm actually preaching in that in like a few weeks, so I'm nervous. <laughs> like they were going to pick my text, so we ended up working through that. And, and where we worked uh, on that day is actually where we're going to pick up today at verse 12. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. So if, if you do uh, have a Bible with you, you can turn, and if not, we'll have it up here. Um, but I, I think there's this weird kind of tension that some of us find ourselves in um, when it comes to our spiritual walk. This idea that we come so comfortable that we're not moving forward, and sometimes... Um, we're so uncomfortable that we're not at rest. And I think there's something beautiful to this and something deep that God wants us to understand um, about brokenness and wholeness, about rest and about forward movement in Christ. So let's go to Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. And uh, I I love this text um, so much. Uh, I think you're going to get a lot out of it today. Not that I've already obtained all this, or I've already arrived at my goal. Like any of you guys got goals like down the road, like you've got some things you want to do, but you know you're not there yet, or like it doesn't even seem like you're going to get anywhere close. I think that's what he's saying here. But I press on to take hold of that which for Christ, which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Let's read through the whole text, and we'll come back down and digest. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself uh, yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which Christ, which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us, then, who are mature should take such a view of things, and if on some point you think differently, that's who God will make clear to you. 
only let us live up to what we have already attained. Let's go back to verse 12. I think the first thing that we can learn from the, this, this verse 12 is that God wants us broken. God wants us broken. I think there's something within Paul here that is extremely humble, and I talk about Paul a lot. Um, he, he, you know, wrote a lot of the, the New Testament um, and, and there's this often view that he's kind of arrogant, but I think he, if you read through this text, like he talks all the time, like I'm not there yet. I think there's this incredible humility and brokenness that comes from Paul because he knows where he was before he was introduced to Christ. Before he met Christ uh, on a road, he was like the, the most zealous of, of Jews that persecuted Christians. Like he had Christians killed. I mean, that was his type. So he remembers that. He's like, I'm not there yet. And, and when he talks about all of this, he's talking about maturity in Christ. He hasn't reached the end goal of perfection. He's not there. He's not a perfect, you know, image of Christ, but he, he is saying, I'm not there yet. So I think there is this element that God wants us broken, but I think there's two types of brokenness. I, I, I think there's negative brokenness, and I think there's positive brokenness. I, I would say the negative brokenness is a, a place of guilt, of shame, and of fear. And that's not the place where God wants you. He doesn't want you in a place of negative brokenness, you know, guilty about the things that happened before. Like Jesus um, to, uh, with a woman, that like they were wanting to stone her because of, of her past and the things she had done. Jesus drew a line in the sin. Like if, if anybody's without sin, you can cast the first stone. But he told the woman, go and sin no more. He, he's saying, I don't want you to be guilty over the things. You just got to go on. You just got to move on. There's this idea that he, he, that for Paul, he actually wants this brokenness. He embraces it. I'll boast in my weakness so that Christ can be made strong through them. So um, there's this negative brokenness, uh, a place of guilt, shame, and fear, but there's this positive brokenness that's a place of healing. There's actually good that comes out of our brokenness. I've always thought it interesting that you have two people that come out of identical circumstances, and there's completely different um, you know, outcomes. I mean, because I think if we look at it as a scientific experiment, um, you would think if you keep doing the same thing that you'll get the same result. But if the, even in the same environment, there's something within us where we're unique and we respond differently. And I think that's that whole idea between positive brokenness. It has everything to do with how you view the gospel and, and it has everything to do with which way you're facing I think that your, your, your attitude will project your growth outcome. Your attitude, like your focus, like if, if you're going to stay in that kind of negative brokenness, if you keep sweeping the brokenness under the rug, it'll never turn into positive brokenness. If you keep looking, so I think there's this idea that we've got to own up to that brokenness. We've got to look the pain. We've got to look the failures in the face and call them what they are and move forward if we're going to experience wholeness. So I, I think it's a, it's a huge, huge deal. Um, so verse 12 is really, I, I think, saying that God wants us broken, like to never forget like where you've come from and never think that you have arrived. He wants you in this place of positive brokenness, of wholeness, of transformation, of healing. That's where he wants us. Uh, I, I think that the next thing that, that comes up here, um, or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. There's this idea of brokenness. I, I'll tell you, we've been working out here with this, uh, this garden, and, and one of the things I've been learning with the garden is something called compost. Anybody know what compost is? So um, it's really an amazing process and just how God has created the world and, and just earth in itself that when things slowly, composting is a process of decay and the things that have died, you can kind of mix them with dirt, and over time they give life to other plants around them. 
And so it's just an amazing thing that through death there can be life. And um, with our, our garden out here, this little garden we've got going, we're getting ready to plant sweet potatoes, which I'm really excited. And so everybody will hopefully be getting sweet potatoes in the fall as we can kind of harvest them. That'll be fun, get to take some of those home. Um, uh, but we got our, um, our compost from the zoo. And there they call it zoo So we had lots of zoo and um, the, the thing with the zoo is like it's really potent, as you can imagine. Um, and they actually put it in a fire that's like so insanely hot that none of us would survive in, of course. Um, but it's like this maybe 1,000 degree or 1,400, like a certain temperature that it's got to be at. And they burn it to burn out all the impurities that would really kill the life. And so they, get it, they, they burn out all the impurities and the stuff that would kill the life in order that it might be just kind of the best compost you can have, mix it with dirt and get it to a certain kind of all these scientific things, which is a certain level. I think that's the same thing that's kind of happening in us through this process of brokenness, is that though we may be decaying and it feels painful and like we may be refined by fire, impurities are burning out, that we may give life to the things around us in a greater way. So it's just a, a really uh, amazing process. I think that the, the next thing um, that is said in, in verse 13 is that God not just wants you, he doesn't just want you broken, but I believe that he wants you whole. I believe that he wants you whole. And I think the big idea there is that you can't be whole unless you've been broken. You, you can't be made whole unless you've been broken. Um, brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself to have yet and take hold, wait, go back to verse 12. It's at the end of verse 12. I said verse 13. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. What did this idea of, of take hold is actually a, a, a Greek word. It, it's really long and really hard to say. I practiced it, I promise, a bunch, but I still would fail miserably to say it. It's like katalamblano or something like that. So that's my best guess. Um, but it really means to make one's own, to take hold of, to make one's own. And that's what Christ Jesus did for us. I think some of us have trouble understanding the, the, old, the relationship from the Old Testament to the New Testament. I think it's a real tough kind of to make that connection. But I, I want you to know that the story's always been about, um, about restoration and relationship with God. That's what it's always been about. Since Abraham, he said, look, I, I want to be your God and I want you to be my people. It's all, always been about God making us his own. And the same thing in Christ, that Christ made a way for us not to have the, the negative brokenness, but positive brokenness, which is healing, which is transformation, which is wholeness. So we've got to be broken to, to be whole. And, and I think what this is saying here is this idea of wholeness comes from not what we can do, but what Christ has done for us. Go back to, to verse 12 right there. But I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He made us his own uh, like when you move into a place, like we moved into our house about a year ago, but we just got the exterior painted, and it feels more like home now than it's ever felt, but because it's our color on there. And that's what I, I believe Christ has done for us. He, he wants us um, to, to just be at home in, uh, with him and just experience wholeness. And I believe that's what he's saying here, to take hold of that, which Christ has already taken hold of us. And, and so I think just resting in the idea that our wholeness doesn't come from our attaining, from our perfection, but it comes from resting in Christ Jesus. Uh, wholeness. I mean, it, it's something that I think uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 and 24 talk a lot about. So let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I think it, it, it'll explain this a little better than what I may be able to here. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May he set you apart. May he purify you 
is the idea of sanctification. So this whole idea of compost, like being purified by fire, is not to say that we're zoodoo. I'm not saying that. Um, sanctify you through and through or holy, like completely whole. May he, he purify us through and through. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless or preserved at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This idea of through and through, and I think what many of us do in our relationship with God is we, we separate certain parts of us and, and only allow God into certain areas. We only allow the gospel into certain areas of our lives, and I think when we, we sever those areas off, we miss an opportunity to be whole. I, I think God, one of the things I think just in the church traditionally, we've looked at like someone's like spiritual like walk, like, okay, well, I'm worried about your salvation, but I'm not worried about the whole being. I'm not, and, and so the words, the Greek words here, spirit is pneuma. It's the same word we have for Holy Spirit. Um, that our whole spirit, our soul, the word here is, is suke, is pronounced in the Greek transliteration, but really, like we would pronounce it psyche. Um, and really, the Greek understanding for it is it means the, the seat of your emotions, of your desires, of your will, of your fears is where your, what your soul is. It's just kind of this whole huge package. Um, that kind of makes up what our personality and feelings and emotions, and then body here is just our, our, our natural bodies. And we often separate, like, okay, it's just the spirit, and we don't really, like, submit. We don't really allow God to make whole our emotional life. We don't allow him to make whole our desires, and that our desires may be broken. We're like, God, you can have everything except this. And we don't say it out loud, but that's truly why we stay in the pattern of negative brokenness is because we never allow him to sanctify through and through, holy, the areas that we've severed from the gospel and we didn't even realize it. We severed from allowing God to make them whole, to sanctify them, to purify them, so that they can give life. We just allow those to continue to, to defeat us. Um, as, and we keep sweeping them under the rug as opposed to looking at them, knowing that Christ has made us his own and that he's made a way for us to be whole in every single area. So I think there's this, uh, this kind of tension almost uh, in this discipline of, of living a, a life of positive brokenness. Um, I, I, I said it while, a while back in, in a series that I want to stay broken to keep from getting broken. I want to stay in this place of positive brokenness that God can use and, and that he can use for his glory and for his renown. And, and I, I think that's really what wholeness is all about, is not being in this, this state of tranquility all the time. But even if you're in, in a place of, of chaos, you can have peace, you can have rest, and you can be purified in those times. So I think there is this, that God does want us broken. He wants this positive brokenness that is really about healing. And brokenness maybe isn't the right word, but I think it is to a certain degree. Uh, but God really wants us whole. He wants us to understand grace in every single part of our being. He wants it to go through and through. And so if there's areas in your life that you have like kept you know, in a closet or you've been sweeping under the rug, I encourage you just to have the courage to flip open the rug and like just clean up the house for once or allow God to clean up the house. We, we had some friends over last night and um, uh, it, we had lots of kids. There was like five kids under the age of six in our living room. It was bananas. And... Um, it was like cleanup time, and so like one uh, one of the girls started going up under the couch to clean up. I'm like, just leave them, just leave them. You don't you don't know what you're gonna get up under the couch, and so she grabs a couple of toys, and it's just like dust balls and grossness. I'm like, just push it back under there, and that's what some of us are doing in our spiritual lives. Like we're just pushing these things under the rug, these negative emotions, this negative brokenness. We're not allowing God to sanctify it through and through and make it whole. 
So I, I think the, the next thing is as we read on here, um, let's read verse 13, if we will. Uh, verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself to have taken hold of it. He kind of says it again. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I said early on that I think we're either in this place where we're so comfortable that we're not moving forward or we're so uneasy that we're not at rest. And I think the, the true life of kind of a, a mature believer is this idea of rest and movement all at the same time. Spiritual rest and physical movement, not towards attaining, but because we have attained. And so I, I think the next thing I, I want us to share, and I think that you, Paul would say here, is we've, we've got to, God wants us at rest. God wants us at rest. And, and like, if you are physically tired, um, exhausted, if you are mentally weary, if you are financially weary, like, I want to encourage you to be here during the month of July, or at least catch the podcast as much as you can because we're going to be doing a deep, deep series just on rest and Sabbath and what it means to trust God in our whole being, not just one element, but all of it. But I think God wants it, us at rest, and I, I think like in our minds, like so much, we, we just allow just yesterday's failures, yesterday's things to take up so much of our mental capacity. I mean, uh, if I were just to make up a statistic, I'd say like 75% of what we're thinking about is stuff that happened yesterday, what they said to us, that mistake we made, what, what, all the stuff that happened then. And, and I love the illustration of, I mean, there's a reason that your, your front mirror is so much larger than your rear view mirror. Your rear view mirror is very small. Can you imagine if it was the other way when you were driving and like you had this little tiny mirror to actually look forward, which would be strange and everything else I can't imagine how it would physically work, but um, just because I'm so used to the normal car. But think about how small that is, that, that only we should glance in the back and learn from our mistakes and move forward. And, but we take so much of that, and we're never at rest in who Christ has called us to be. And I think there's such a, a deep understanding to true rest. I, I think when uh, the Jews would greet each other, I've taught this several times before, that they, they would, um, you know, say shalom to one another as a greeting to and from, and it wasn't just, you know, wholeness or rest or peace in one area of your life, but it was all of your life. I was speaking that over, and so many of us, there's areas of our life that we're not at rest, and God just wants to calm your heart today. He wants to calm your mind, and just have a real sense of um, that he is the God of peace. You are in a relationship with the God of peace. And that as believers, as mature believers, taking on this type of life of, of just peace and rest and constantly being at rest. I think First um, Thessalonians, the next verse, verse 24 in chapter 5, says it amazing. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. And so much of our, our spiritual walks is about attaining. It's about us accomplishing. Like, oh, I messed up yesterday. I better do better today. And so I'm going to work harder and I'm going to do all these things. And so it becomes this, not that we shouldn't work harder, not that we shouldn't do any of those things, but the motivation for it is that, man, God loves me. God, God is, um, is in love with me and he wants me whole. And when I did that, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was severing just kind of this wholeness and rest that, um, God desires for me. And it's not about um, our perfection, but it, it's about the perfection that he brought to the table. That he will do it, and just allowing him to work through us in our lives and bring that rest. I think that's ultimately what God is wanting us to get, get down to. Um, and, and ultimately, I think that the only way we can move forward, which is, is really the, the next kind of element here, the only way we can forget what's behind and move forward is if we're truly resting in Christ. 
truly resting in Christ. And just, it's hard. Like, let me just be honest. Like, it's really hard. Um, our, our whole lives are just, um, I think there's a battle o- over them. I, I think just the social world we live in, the busyness world we live in, the, the pressures of our world um, are intense on, on every single one of us. Like, to, to make ends meet financially, to, to impress. I mean, just everything has this kind of stress built into it. So to truly rest in Christ is so much easier said than done. I mean, it doesn't take much to pull out into traffic and then immediately whatever spiritual rest you had in your little devotional in the morning is over by the time you pull on to 9A or going across the bridge. Like, it's over. Like, that easily, it's just, we're snapped out of it. And I think God just wants us to just stay at rest. And the only way we're going to actually move forward in Christ is when we are at rest in Him, is when we are at rest. But it's so counterintuitive. We, we think that we've got to work and attain, but it's really just staying at rest in Him and allowing God to teach us from these things in our life. I think God not only wants us at rest, but I, I believe that He wants us moving forward. I think this is the rest of the passage, and this is where we'll dive in. Um, finish uh, verse 13, and then move to verse 14 here. Um, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, like really going after towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Like when's the last time you really pushed on something? I, I hear so many, so many people like within, within our church and just in the Christian walk, they're like, oh yeah, man, I'm just so excited. God's telling me this, and th- so I'm going to do this. And so there's this immediate, okay, you understand it. We, we get it, but it's the living it out that's the hard part. There's never action that follows it. Like, okay, you need to get connected in community. I was just telling um, s- some folks uh, recently this week, just like, you've got to be intentional about those things. There's got to be actions. And he talked about it as a goal. Like, I haven't reached my goal yet. Like, goals with no actions, like, are never going to be achieved, like, we're, we're never going to live up to the fullness of Christ if we never put one foot in front of the other. And, and, and our good intentions are only so good. Like, when are they going to be followed? When is there going to be straining and pressing on in our, in our spiritual walk and just in our journey? It's, we're going to keep having the same patterns unless we break out of them. And so God, I think, wants this movie. I think there is this straining ahead that Paul is trying to press into us. Like, life isn't easy, and like, traffic's not going to get better just because you pray for it to get better in the morning. It may, I don't know, but it may not. And like, what are you going to do? Are you going to press through, or are you just going to let it happen to you and have the same response, or is there going to be action? Are you going to stay at rest? Is there going to be forward movement in your walk with Christ? Some of us have just self-defeating habits. I mean, I, I just know for me, um, and what we'll get into, I'll, I'll share a lot of my story just in, um, in July of just being a, a recovering workaholic. And just so much of it was just about me proving, about me doing. So much is just kind of happening out of that. And I had so many self-defeating characteristics that I was putting myself in those places. Um, and until I, I changed my pattern, and, and even still now, like I'll, I'll begin to see myself leaning into those things. And I like have to be like, nope, not happening. Nope, not have, and so we have to really press into these things, lean into them in very tangible ways, and like I would encourage some of us, like there's some things that have been haunting us for a long time, and like you need to get real with some people in community and have accountability about those things. I mean, I think that's what the body of Christ is about. When I said faith and family and those things are working together, 
I really mean it. Like our anchor groups that are meeting around the city, we've just had a new one launch on Friday mornings um, uh, up at Panera here. We've got them all over the city on different nights of the week. Like press in, like be intentional about your relationship. Get accountable and, and let's press in and move forward in our relationship with Christ. And, and I think this, this, go back to verse 15, um, if you will, that all of us who are mature ought to have this kind of view of it. And if there's anything we disagree on, you know, move on. And then verse, verse 16, I think is really the linchpin here. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. And there's a, a massive difference between um, living to attain and living because you have attained. There's a huge difference. And like living, just striving, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make God so proud today, and I'm, I'm going to do it, and then we fail. And, and there's just this weird kind of religious mentality that's not the gospel of grace that we've encountered. Christ has paid away for me, and out of that, I long to attain. I long to move to a place that's closer to him, that's, that, that's reflecting him, that is bringing life, no matter what happens in this world, I'm being purified, and it's bringing life to those that are around me, just like the composting process. Um, and, but there's a huge difference from just understanding, and I want to live to uh, attain, to live up, um, and, and there's a big difference between because we have attained. Christ has made a way for us. We, ha- we are at this place that maybe you, you've never been there before. Maybe you've never believed on Christ, and like today, like, you, you can make a decision to follow Christ with your entire life, but I, I know for all of us in the room, there is something that we have severed from the gospel. There is something that we have swept under the rug. There is some brokenness that we have not dealt with, or maybe you've just been, you, you know, you've dealt with those things, but you're just in the fire right now, and it's just hard, and, and maybe it's just time to get honest, or maybe you're just stuck in a pattern, the same routine, same old thing, and, and you need to get accountable and press in. You need to be honest and real. And just really make the movement forward, press in and strain toward what is ahead. Because we may not be there yet, but, but most of us are past the start. We're past the start, and God is longing for us to, to live this life of maturity that is both broken and whole, that is both at rest and both moving forward. I think that's the life of, of a mature believer, is embodying both wholeness that we may uh, be a preservation. We may be salt of the earth, as Jesus put it in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew. That we may be the salt of the earth and that it, it might preserve those around us, that might bring life to those around us. That he wants us at rest despite what's happening in our circumstances, our world. Despite whether you lose your job to, today or you get a promotion. That despite uh, wh- whether your car blows up or you get a brand new one, that we are at rest, but we are moving forward. There's um, Newton's um, law, his law of motion, his first law of motion. You guys heard of these? Some of you guys, science people know. That an object at rest will remain at rest. And an object in motion will remain in, in motion. I think there's a spiritual law, it's called inertia. There's this spiritual law built in within this that I, I think is, it, we will remain at rest unless we allow something to knock us off. And we will remain in motion unless we allow something to knock us out of motion. That the life uh, in Christ is at, is, is at peace and, and whole. And, and that nothing can, can change that law. That's the, the, it, when we're deeply rooted. And, and I think more than anything, what Paul is just pressing in is like, just don't be like pushed out of the way by anything. And don't get, don't get so caught up on what happened yesterday, but just be locked in be at rest and be moving forward in this call 
on your life. As the band comes today, I just want you to, to ask yourself, like, what is that area? What is the thing that you've been sweeping under the rug? What, what, what is the, the one area maybe you've gotten so comfortable and you, you haven't leaned into? Or maybe there's something in your life you just need to get real about and be honest. And just really make, make yourself accountable and say, I want to strain towards what ahead. I want to press into what God has for me in this life. And I, and I just want to ask you to stand today. Because the one who calls you is faithful. He is faithful today. And I believe that God is drawing us to a place of maturity uh, all across the room, no matter where you're at. Um, maybe there's just some really tough stuff you're going through. And I believe that, that Christ has made a way. Um, you can be confident today because he is faithful and he will do it. I may be a complete screw up sometimes, but I know one thing I can count on. The one who calls me is faithful and that he will do it. I believe what that scripture says and I believe that, that today in this room that out of our brokenness he can make us whole. And out of our busyness he can give us rest. Out of our comfort he can press us on through his spirit to achieve and accomplish the things he's called us to. God, I just pray for us as a people God, as your children, God, I pray that we would approach you like that today, knowing that you can make us whole, God. You can bring us at rest. You're the God of peace. I pray for those of us that have severed off areas, that have separated areas of our life, swept them under the rug. God, I pray that we'd flip those things open and allow you to make us whole through and through. God, we thank you for your goodness today. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the cross that we celebrate today and all of your goodness, God.